got a lot to chat about because uh, the Twitter mobs came for me. Oh, really? Uh-uh. Yeah. I had, the, I had the pitchforks, the, the hordes uh, with the pitchforks and the torches and stuff. So we'll chat about it. We'll get to it. How about yourself? Doing well. I, Friday morning. I don't have the uh, Twitter mob coming after me. So, you know, there's that. Please. <laughs> Uh, I did such a good job in responding, Dominic. I did not use any adult language with any of them once. But, um, yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing. So before we dive into it, um, we are the Make More, Keep More podcast. We chat about everything related to money and occasionally a bunch of stuff that's not because we kind of talk about whatever we feel like it. But I'm Ron Carruthers. That's Dominic Cummins of Real Biz Advisors. And... um, yeah, we were going to do a recap of our season two and kind of season one and how'd we get here and where'd we go. Yep. But I do think there's a really interesting lesson from what happened over on Twitter for the last um, the last 72 hours, let's call it. So if you don't mind, I figure I'll, I'll dive in on that and give you, because I think it, it deals with mindset, it deals with crowds it deals with just how freaking stupid so many people are um but so here's what happened i tweeted that your 401k is literally a deal with the devil now let me explain to you guys why i said that which i did in a short tweet i'm like you are gambling that a country with 31 trillion dollars in debt is going to have lower taxes over the 20 to 30 years that you're retiring than they currently have right now. Where right now, even though taxes suck and they take way too much, they are historically low compared to where they've been. For over 50 years, taxes in this country, the top tax rate was over 63%. It was a 50-year block. And 401ks and IRAs were invented during those times. So, and the average American was in a 36 to 43% tax bracket. That's what the average American paid. And so, yeah, to, if you deferred back then in 78, 9, 80, 81 at 43% and you're withdrawing now at 12 or 22, you totally won on that. Right. But the problem is they want you to, you are not saving any taxes on a 401k like we've covered before. You are merely postponing paying those taxes and you are postponing the calculation of the tax. So you're making, you're betting that taxes will be lower in the future. And my comment was in one little tweet, just like Vegas, the house always wins. So here's what happened. Couple of people retweeted it, and CFP Twitter and CFA Twitter, Charter Financial Analyst Twitter, got a hold of it, and everybody tried to destroy me. Right? One hag was like, "You should be banned from ever doing business. Who are you? You should have all your licenses stripped." Other people were just going on and on and on about how dumb it was, and everyone knows. But here's the problem: I know I'm right. I know they're wrong. Now, that doesn't mean no one should ever contribute to a 401k ever. Always you should take the match. And there are certain circumstances where you you would, if you're a super high income earner in a super high income tax state, and you know you're going to move somewhere else, you know you're going to leave New York and go to Florida or Texas, and you know you're not going to be making the 900000 that you're making now or the 600000 that you're making right now. By the way, whoever just said they love the tweet, thank you. And Justin, I just threw up all the math behind it. And so far, no one has been able to argue with the math because I know my numbers. Right. And so, again, I didn't say it lightly just for clicks and, you know, things. And, oh, we got someone else saying the truth hurts. I saw the tweet and agreed. Go, guys, go back and read the one that I posted this morning. It's like 50 tweets long, but I brought the receipts. And um, so anyway, and Bob, we'll get to you in a moment. But anyway, so so the first thing is what I call the Dr. Phil rule. Are they old enough, Dominic? Is Dr. Phil even around? Is he even a thing? Yeah, he's around. I don't know. 
you know. Oh, thanks, Bob. Uh, and by the way, Roth 401ks are great. There's absolutely no problem with them because you're getting the tax over with now. Okay, Dr. Phil was very, very famous. If you guys don't know the backstory on Dr. Phil, Dr. Phil was Oprah's jury psychologist when she was getting sued by the beef industry for claiming that beef is terrible and bad for you and they had a massive lawsuit. I don't even remember who won. Um, I guess Oprah might have won. I don't know. But anyway, Dr. Phil was a psychologist who was the jury psychologist, um, you know, who helped profile everybody on the jury so you would have a more favorable jury to your cause. Apparently, he did a good job because Oprah turned around and, and brought him on the show a few times, and then he was popular enough to get his own show. And so the Dr. Phil rule is if you got any other psychologist where Dr. Phil was making millions of dollars and famous and kind of a rock star, you know, and it's mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. <laughs> but anyway, when he did all that, every normal psychologist would be like, he's just a hack. And, and then you can see them seethe with jealousy and, oh, he has terrible advice. And, oh, he's not a real psychologist. And so the number one point that I will make out of this is if you are going to stand out from the crowd and put yourself out there, especially on Twitter, where it's kind of a mean world over there, if you're going to do that, hey, people are going to come after you. So number one, be careful. I knew my math on it. Number two is expect it. And I would say the third thing is welcome it because I know I'll pick up followers from it and the controversial die down. Eventually, you know, I'm sure the lady that called for the uh, me to lose my job and my license, right. I do hope she gets bed bugs um, very bad in very intimate places. But other than that, you know what? I went back, I proved my math, and I dropped it an hour ago. We'll see what comes of it, but you can't argue with the math. And by the way, here's the math behind it. Right now, if you're a single person, you can make up to 50 something thousand dollars. And if you're a married couple, you can make up to 105, 106. And you are in the 12% bracket. If your uncle was $31 trillion in debt, would you be lending him money? No, he can't pay it back. Um, so what happens is you're lending the government the ability, you're giving them control of that money because they say when you can use it, they say how you can use it, and they're going to say later what tax rate you have to pay on that money. Why not just pay the 10 to 12 tax percent tax and get it over with? And remember, they don't want the tax on what you deferred. They want the tax on the whole thing. So that it grew to. So you've got a bigger amount down the road at an unknown tax rate. And yes, if tax rates are exactly the same, it doesn't make a difference. But the odds that they remain the same when we have 50 years of really high taxes, 40 years, this is the 40th year of really low taxes, relatively speaking. And now, 40 years ago, we were 1 trillion in debt when all this started, and now we're 31 times that. The odds are taxes will go up. So the point I'm making in there, um, if there is one, um, <laughs> but, you know, we could just call this therapy for me, but, oh, and here's the other, <clears throat> here's the other point on the whole thing. I actually had people reaching out to me in the DMs like, oh my God, dude, that was really great the way you handled it. Other people are like, I'm so sorry, you know, like, I can't believe this is happening to you. And I'm like, please, are you even serious? Twitter's a video game. It's like playing a freaking video game. Do you think any of these people's opinions of me? means anything to me no only the people that have <clears throat> that want to work with me they're right. the only ones i care about and so for all the canadian cfas you know chartered financial analysts there were like three of them that were trying to tag team like you're not do you make commissions and you need to answer the question and it's like man i don't answer to you guys and then later i realized they were in canada and it's like you're not even American, no disrespect to any of my Canadian friends on here. But it's like, you guys don't even know, you don't live under an American tax system. So why don't you guys shut the hell up? You know, and I'm at least, at least responsible enough when a Canadian asks me a question. I'm like, guys, I have a general idea. I can point in the direction of where your country is. I know you guys have some stuff there, but I don't know it and I don't pretend that I do.
Um, that was my rant. That's, that's quite the rant. I mean, it, the only way to get it better is if, if uh, Dave Ramsey had ch- chimed in on it. But I tried to get him in, yeah, by the way. I would imagine you would. I mean, you were in the mood already. So I think one of the things we talked about this, actually, we've talked about this a couple of times. I think we talked about it in in um, entrepreneur, entrepreneur Mistakes kind of early in season two um, and then talked about it with Sam, I think a little bit, too, is just having your your opinion and, and sticking with it on social media. But I think there was a there was actually a video from Gary Vaynerchuk, I think this week, and I shared it with my wife because it was interesting and it was the context was slightly different, but the but the. Uh, the application was just the same is the fact that somebody called in and said, well, what do you do about all the haters? Or what if I have like, I think she, the the question was something about like she had a business partner who's saying bad things about her now that they've separated. And she's like, what do I do about that? And, and he was like, who cares? And the point that he made after he, you know, did the Gary ramble on for about 10 minutes before he got to his point, he made this great point where he said, you know, if you think about it, the, if you're a Knicks basketball player, and you're playing at home and you miss a few shots, you're down by 12 and you have to call a timeout, you get booed by your own fans. Like these are the people who actually like you and boo at you and treat you horribly. He goes, but here's the thing. They're sitting in the stands and you're on the, you're on the court. And he's like, how athletes, he goes, that's why I love athletes. He's like, because they are always on the field, all the stuff they take all that hate but they're the ones who are actually on the field making money doing this thing. And the rest of us are sitting in the stands dreaming we could. And it was funny because so I played golf with this guy the other day. I don't know if he's joined on the show or, or not, but uh, it's uh, I got to meet him a few weeks ago and, and get to know him a little bit. And he used to play for the Dodgers. And before that, he played for the Yankees. He was uh, with the Yankees when they won in, I don't know, 2009 or something like that around that time period. But anyway, he. Uh, so he was telling me, I said, how, how was it? Like, what would the hate you get? Cause I said, actually the question I asked was how, how is it playing golf versus playing on the field? Because in golf, like you're supposed to be dead silent when everybody hits. Right, and he's like, right. dude, I golf hate club. it. <laughs> he goes, I hate it. I'm so used to people yelling. And so then he told this story and he says, so I'm playing in San Francisco and he's like, there's just this dude behind the home plate, just giving it to me the whole game. And he's like, finally, I just had enough. So he said, I turned around and just was like, you shut up. You weigh 400 pounds because he said he literally (laughs) did. Like he was a 400 pound dude. He's like, you weigh 400 pounds. You could shut up. And then he turned it. But sitting next to him was Joe Montana. And he said, but you, sir, can say anything you'd like. And it it was. And so apparently it made the news later because Joe Montana was like, yeah, you know, Jerry yelled at me and whatever. But it was funny. But I think it brings up that exact point. If some of these guys are doing what you're doing or for any of us as entrepreneurs, if they're out there matching you, you know, punch for punch or whatever you want to call it uh, and making the money that you make and they have some stuff and they want to weigh in on it, then fine. Because they've earned the right to weigh in on it. Um, oh, here comes the puppy. I have a uh, But the uh, uh, but if they're not doing what you're doing then why are you listening to him? And I think about, you know, you tease me about my man crush, Robert, which is fine. Uh, I saw him this week. He'll peri- periodically give me some like tough love about my business. But you know what? He makes a hundred times what I make. And I can respect that opinion. You've said stuff to me too, where you've been like, dude, I don't know, that makes any sense. And and you're like, all right, that's cool. I can respect that because I can respect where you're coming from. But some random hater who probably is living in his parents' basement on social media, who cares? Like you gotta let that stuff well, go, but it does bother you at times after a while. Like it, it. I know you said it doesn't bother you, but you just ranted on it for ten minutes. It does get to you to a certain level, and that's okay. But how you handle it beyond that, not letting it like not letting it ruin you, is a whole other thing. So I think there's some really interesting lessons here. Number one is here where the majority of the hate didn't come from randos; it came from other professionals. Sure. So what's the lesson there? It was CPAs or three or four CPAs that were saying brain dead, stupid stuff on there. There was a university of Florida tax professor who actually was pretty reasonable. I like this guy. So he was cool. We didn't agree on everything, but he was cool. But what was interesting was it was the CFAs and the CFPs. And by the way, those are two of the hardest tests to pass, but 
it's a reminder that just because you have a lot of education does not, don't be smug about it because there are people who know more than you. And one of the things that we've tried to do in the business, and I know you do the same is we're always trying to learn more things, Yes, more things about the tax code, more things about better finance things. And these guys, you could tell got their degree and we're like, I'm the king of turd mountain and I know everything and everyone should listen to me. And they all had it in their bio, you know, in their handles, you know, so-and-so CFA, so-and-so CFP, so-and-so CPA. And it's like, man, I don't listen to any of that stuff. I'm wrong. You know, like, yeah, I'll show you my expertise and I have some of that stuff, but so it's very, it's very interesting there, but what would a lot of people do? A lot of people, if you're not used to it and prep for it, which is why we're talking about it, would be like, oh my God, you know, people think bad of me. And it's like, hey man, online in particular, it's a video game, right? And just like you die in a video game, you didn't die in real life. You didn't, um, nothing bad really happened to you. Just people press reset and start over. And I'll tell you one of my favorite, favorite, favorite stories was a Dan Kennedy story about and then we'll get to reviewing season one all right you gotta chill by the way that's the puppy that's scarlet she's in fact a baby ewok we don't celebrate halloween but if we did i know exactly exactly what baby scarlet would be going as <laughs> and i'd be going as ham solo and so they would be going as princess leia or something like that but anyway um there was a company years ago 60 minutes is the ultimate thanks bob the 60 minutes is like the ultimate gotcha journalism. Now I remember when they used to be like real journalism, yeah. but now they're kind of gotcha. So if, if 60 minutes shows up on your doorstep, you were back in the day, you would have a bad day. Now nobody cares. And the media doesn't matter. And hold on a second. I'm going to put her down because she's freaking out. But anyway, here you go. Little beast. There's water. So anyway, back in the day, if 60 minutes showed up, you were guaranteed to have a bad day. Mm -hmm. Now, it, like I said, some, the media has destroyed so much of their own credibility that it doesn't even matter. But here's what happened to one of Dan Kennedy's clients. 60 Minutes destroyed them in a, in a very biased hit piece. So their business, which depended on inbound phone calls, dropped off for a month. And he's like, the, the CEO, who Dan wouldn't say who it was, he's like, it's bad, like really bad. We might, you know, this might have done a sin. But what they noticed was an interesting thing, which was that after about 30 days, the phone started going back to normal and actually better than before. And by 60 days, they were turning around and advertising as seen on 60 Minutes. <laughs> now, now with the internet and YouTube, now it's easier for someone to go try and find that hit piece, but most people won't. Right. And so guess what? It did so good for their business that 60 minutes complete jerks that they are actually sent them a cease and desist notice. Like you can't use our name and our logo. So it's like, great. It's okay for your bit, you to come in and try and destroy my business, but I can't turn around and state the simple truth that I, we were featured on your show. And so I don't know whatever happened with the lawsuit, but the point was people have pretty short memories on a lot of this stuff. So that's, that's my story. And I think it ties in, like I said, a lot of the lessons of what we try to embody, which is if, run your calculations. So you pay the least amount of taxes and yes, you want to save as much as you can now, but understand that we are still in historically all time lows. Um, except unless you go back to the very first three or four years that the tax code even existed. And they deliberately kept that low because they were trying to keep the people, you know, the American people at that point when they first introduced the tax code were only 150 years outside of throwing tea in a harbor over, you know, a 1% tax on a, on a breakfast beverage. Right. So uh, they were trying to ease in. And then after a couple of three years, when the government figured out that people weren't going to revolt over it and, the, and it was World War One, so they needed to do their patriotic duty, then they jacked taxes through the roof. Right. But taxes are historically low. You don't know what rate your 401k is going to be taxed at. So be very careful. And here was another very interesting thing that came out of that. These two Canadian CFAs started going off on life insurance. 
the tweet had nothing to do with life insurance. There was no mention of life insurance. And they were like going back and forth about like, oh, insurance salesmen trying to sell a few more insurance policies. I said, it's like, what the hell are you guys talking about? I didn't say that. You know, and so the other thing is, keep in mind that you don't always have to argue with people's hallucinations of what you said, you know, that you don't have to try and fight them. And, you know, there was no, I never mentioned that. And Bob, we'll do another life insurance show. We did one. It was earlier in season one where I went over a bunch of that, but it was a very poor connection because I was in Italy at the time. So we'll do another one about um investing strategies in fact dominic maybe we'll make it yeah. the kickoff for season three where go. i can go through all the things but my actual threat if you guys go back and look at it the later one went through and said no yeah life insurance works but you can do this and 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 again people hallucinated well roth iras aren't good for everyone i didn't say roth ira well life insurance is a scam well i don't know man three quarters of the banks have 10 to 15 percent of their capital in cash value of life insurance that was one really busy insurance guy that scammed all of them with their billions and billions of dollars in it so i don't know man yeah i think uh, Bob, if you want to go back and listen there was a uh, season one um around the uh ron's right it was pretty early on but we did uh they did we did one called um safe it was in may yeah, May 30th, May. Safe, safe Places for Money in Turbulent Markets. I tried to clean up the audio as much as possible on that one. It is a little Yeah, but I was sketchy. doing it from the lobby of a hotel in Florence across from the train so station. Yeah, bear, so bear, kind, of, uh, kind of a disaster. Bear with that one. But it, but it is um, but it is a, is a good one uh, for that. We also did one where we touched a little bit on that and making and keeping money in volatile markets also in May. So a couple from season one. But we'll give you some, we have some really good ideas for places to put your money. And it's not always life insurance, but you do have to be, like I said, very careful about the 401k. You well, can't touch it. And I, I text you have penalty. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, no, you're not anti-401k either. Like not completely yeah, because no, it, there, there's, well, I know, but there's situations. So unless I, I you're getting a ma- unless you're getting a match, right. The match is great. We love free money. So I texted Ron uh, this last week or something. So, you know, for those of some of you who know us personally, uh, Ivana got into the longshoring union. It's kind of a big deal. And so she, one of the things they offer is a 401k. And she's like, I know Ron, she sent me a text while she was at the benefits meeting going like, uh, they offer a 401k. I know Ron hates them. Do I not do it? And then I texted him and he was like, they're given free money. Take the free money. You know, like they, so, so that in, you know, the, and that's, that's one of those things. And so, but there's other strategies. We're going to sit down with Ron to go over some other strategies and some other things we can do to, to use some of that stuff appropriately. So everything it, it's kind of, I always go back to that conversation that I don't pay attention to about like everything in moderation. It's not really my life motto. But there is some good, uh, there's some good advice there. Like there are certain things, certain situations when you're getting free money, take the free money. There might be situations where a Roth 401k might make sense. There might be another situation where something else makes more sense. And so, um, you know, the, I, I will follow on to Rory's couple of questions. Yeah, see that. If you're looking at 25 to 30 years of retirement, um, it's hard to give one single number and be like, this is your number because it's a, it, it's real relative to how much do you want to spend in retirement? What do you realistically think that you will? How long do you think you'll live? Although we generally, you know, tell everybody to plan for age 90. Um, That seems to be the direction and what's getting Social Security in trouble. But Rory, if you can get to the kind of generic financial formula is save 20% of your money, live off 80 at whatever and try to have zero debt outside of a mortgage and a car um and get to the point where you can eventually pay for your car's cash ideally that is a winning formula for success no matter who you are now if you can't do that great get to the point where you're doing something but then figure out how to get the rest of the way and then you have two options you can either cut lifestyle and generally look for areas where you're losing money without even realizing it, or you can improve earnings and get a, you know, guys, you know, 500 bucks for a lot of people above what they're making right now, getting an additional 500, 700 bucks a month is life changing. Right. Um, 
and we live in an age, you know, Gary Vee, the one thing that he nails is we live in the most incredible time ever where, again, we can do a show from our phones with our AirPods. Dominic Scott, you know, a little more of a ninja setup than that because, uh, you know, Dominic's a bit of a nerd. Um, but but you can run a show where you 30, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, this was unheard of. You couldn't do that. You couldn't reach people the way you could. You can get flamed on Twitter for free by Canadian CFAs who are just pissed because their money's only worth three quarters of what our money's worth, which is what this real thing's about. <laughs> and um, anyway... Uh, another and one. I'm not saying those guys were ugly, but I don't think either one of them had a date in a very long time. But you uh, know that could be me, unless they're dating each other, which I don't know. It could be because the way they were kind of going back and forth. I think right, we're going to get back on track here at some point. So, Rory, I, one other thing you might want to listen to is listen to actually last week's episode. If you weren't on, Dr. Jeff, we had uh, this is the Dr. Jeff. This is the. Go ahead. This is the, hold on. Let me remind them. Oh, yeah, Canadian football. Don't even come at me with that nonsense of stupid rules. Um, and everybody, Canadians as a rule are great, but come on, guys. Canadian football, really? Really? All right, hockey's legit, though. We are the Make More, Keep More show. This is what we talk about. It's all things related to money and a whole bunch of stuff that isn't. And, Dominic, tell them where they can find this, the back shows. We're at the Make More, Keep More show.com where you can find out all the Ron rants and every time he goes off, off, uh, off script, but no, that's, uh, he did write, he did warn you that he wrote that it's unscripted and unfiltered. So that is, that is true. Uh, <laughs> usually it's planned. There is some planning that goes into by, you hey, know, man, I'm doing else. such a good job on the unfiltered though. Yes. I, I am kind of, pleased with myself <laughs> so um but i think uh rory to answer your question though if you go back and listen to the show from i think uh yeah, last week dr jeff talked a little bit about it now the, the context was a little bit different um as far as uh the the situation as far as what you're you're talking about from a retirement standpoint in 20 to 25 years but he did talk through some stuff of like how much do you want to have how much was is money do you want to have each month those can also give you some baseline things to sort of work towards. Like one of the ones he just uses sort of, you know, 10 grand is going to get you in a lot of places, a pretty decent life a month, maybe not Southern California. So it depends on where you are, but 10 grand a month will help. And how much would that be? And prime out till you're 20, 20, till you're 90 years old to use Ron's number. And you can kind of start to back into some of those, those numbers and, and get that. So that, that last week's episode might be a little bit helpful on that too. And we can come back to some of that actual, retirement planning stuff um as we get into next season those of you who are are listening or saw the the post ahead of time this is our final episode for season two um we do about 10 to 12 uh uh you know episodes per per season so we're gonna take a couple weeks off primarily because we're gonna go to the Rams season opener next week and we don't know what state we'll be in on friday morning so uh, probably not a not. Oh, actually, I think I think we do. <laughs> well, I don't know. Some some part of me wants to give the people what they want, uh, but then you know maybe not. So, uh, but we'll. Here's uh, the here's the crazy thing. Football's exhausting. It is. Even if you go and don't drink, when you go and and I intend to drink at that football game to celebrate the reopening of football season. But even if you go like the days I've gone, you got to get there. I mean, I'll leave my house at 11 in the morning, 1030 in the morning for a five o'clock game. because I got to go get you. We won't get out of there until 10. Um, we won't get back to your house until 1130. And you only live half an hour from the stadium. Right. You know, it's it's just a long day. It's not like you slide in and slide back out. No, you don't. So, and you should have off the entire time. Dr. Anzalone, hopefully, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> if you don't, then. Uh oh. The, the why your team sucks. No, I haven't read it yet, but I will. I'll get to it. Article that I sent you. I will at some point. Oh, dude, read last year's and it puts out every year 32 articles for each. Um, for each. Oh, Bob, dude, let us park at your house. He says the worst, he lives 20 minutes away. Kidding. We don't want to park at your house. But Drew Mangary does 32 articles for every team in the NFL on why your team sucks. 
some are funnier than others, but like the one he did this year in the Chargers and last year in the Chargers was hilarious. The one he did in the Cleveland Browns was epic. Uh, the one he did on the Raiders was okay, but really good. Look that up. Drew Magary, why your team? Let's get back to the reviews. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you, I may. Dominic, you... what was your high point for season for season two? What was your high? What was your very favorite episode? And are the top point from your very favorite episode? I've got three that immediately come to mind. Sure. Uh, you may want to check your internet connection too, because you are. I'm getting text messages. You're cutting out quite a bit, and it seems like you're cutting out on my side too. So just double check that. But um, I, well, I'm always a fan of talking to Sam. Uh, so I did enjoy, as far as season two uh, highlights, I'm a big fan of talking to Sam. She's hilarious. Uh, she tells it straight. Um, she cusses a lot. She's a lot of fun, uh, but she She's also hilarious. drops a lot of really good stuff. And so I really enjoyed that, that, uh, that episode. That was, I think, uh, early August, if I remember correctly, uh, for that episode. Um, that was a lot of fun to have her on and, and just to talk through some of those things. And so she, if you, if you're at all trying to do anything on social media and chances are, if you're sitting here watching us on Instagram, there's a, there's a chance you're trying to do some things for your business on social media. Uh, you, you might want to check that episode out. She gave some really practical tips. I also enjoyed when we had Ryan um, on, which was we titled that episode, The Real Entrepreneur Journey. It was kind of fun to have him on. We're still working with him as far as that business is concerned. Uh, he did folding houses. He's really trying to revolutionize uh, affordable housing. But it was fun to talk to somebody who was newly into the entrepreneurial journey. I mean, this, they fell into this business by accident. They had no, mm -hmm. they bought these things for their own personal use because they were sick of other solutions. They were in, you know, they're both in the two guys who run it, good friends of mine, both were in my wedding, uh, uh, you know, 12 years ago, almost 12 years ago. Uh, which, which one? Oh, the second. Yes, the, the one that matters. One. The only one I count. Uh, so the, the, they were, you know, they just, they bought these things for their own use. And then people were like, oh my gosh, where do I get one of those? And then all of a sudden they were like, oh my God, there's a business involved. And, and yeah, thanks lovely CJP. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was he, and now I, I played golf with him this week and, uh, with him and, and one of the potential investors, and we've got some investor meetings coming up on tomorrow and then next week. And it was funny. Just, he's still like, dude, he, he regularly tells me, I have no idea what I'm doing right now. Thanks for telling me. Like, and it's just, I think the honesty of that, of, of what we go through as entrepreneurs when we first start out, I mean, you know, Ron's been doing this for a long time you know, a couple of decades, maybe three, and I've been doing it for going on 10 years. And, and, but we all made those mistakes in the early days. Like we had no freaking clue what we were doing. None. And there's still None. times even now where we probably don't know what we're doing, but we've learned enough to know how to navigate it. Or we, or one of the things that came out of that one is just find some people who know how to do it mm -hmm. and, and just get those people. And, uh, you know, I want to, again, playing golf with a buddy of mine, business owner. And I said something, I was like, oh man, I'm, I was trying to work on this one. And he's like, why, why are you doing that? And I go, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> so, and that's the question. Like, I don't know why I'm doing that. Let me just get somebody. Let me, let me find somebody to do that. So those were, those were two, I know you said three, but those were two of my big highlights. I also love the episodes and so did the audience apparently on talking about getting out of debt and how to, and, and the truth about debt, even the, the Dave Ramsey rants to the side. I do enjoy those discussions because I get really frustrated listening to people who are always with the, like, everything's got to be debt free when they don't understand the difference between debt and leverage. And sometimes, totally. you know, getting like, like the people who didn't take advantage of EIDL loans, um, not take advantage in a nasty way, but like, like in a bad way, but like, or an unethical way, but like, didn't just go get them. Well, I, I think my business is going to be okay. The government was offering you 30 year loans at three and a quarter percent. That doesn't come around very often. Ever. Ever. So Ever. so just get the money and then figure out what you're gonna do with it over time. And then you know, you don't know what's gonna happen in two two weeks or two months or two years. Better to have that nest egg sitting in an account somewhere and and okay. and have that ability because that is can you make more than three and a quarter percent on that money? Of course you can as a business owner. So those are, those are, uh, I guess, three, three big highlights for me. I'll tell you mine. 
First of all, Sam was hilarious. So Sam Garcia um, was our so far only female on the show. Yeah, we got to fix that. We got to fix that. I'm trying to get Irene on, who's the credit queen, and uh, I'm trying to get Beans on, who does a lot of DeFi stuff. Um, thank you. And um, she also is a defense contractor, so she shows people how to get, you know, those those really sweet defense contracting jobs. So we got some people. It's just nailing everybody's schedule down. But what I liked about Sam was her points, and it's a really good episode if you guys like Dominic said are trying to do some stuff on social media, because she talked about the importance of copywriting, which is huge, mm. like learning to be at least a good, mediocre to good, and at least understand the basic principles of copywriting will do wonders for everything in your life. Yep. And I'll give you guys an example. We helped my daughter write a flyer back when she was like 13 and we lived in a you know in a nice neighborhood where people had disposable income and we did our very first targeted campaign so we got the directory the the elementary school directory from our little little brother and we looked at all the houses that had kids in like second third fourth grade in the neighborhood so she could walk to and we made a targeted campaign explaining to them all the benefits of using hers their babysitter she was the highest paid babysitter like by double hmm. so i mean it even helped in a babysitting business because we're like we're not going to drink your booze i won't have a boyfriend over i'll bring toys to play with your kid i'm not just gonna sit and watch tv i will actually engage with them but copywriting is so important and then she talked about different like actual mechanics of getting um, stuff boosted and posted and how to interact with it. So again, those algorithm change, algorithms change, yep. but just having a basic understanding of how this works, because you can promote a business for free and you can learn a ton of stuff. But so I thought that was a great episode. Dr. Jeff, who we had on last week, I really enjoyed yep. because it was a fellow old school Dan Kennedy guy. And again, you guys, to the end of time, to my last breath, you will, you know, Dan Kennedy has had as big an impact on me as anyone outside of my own, you know, my dad and my grandpa and my mom and stuff like that. So he is worth studying. He is still around. I just joined his diamond level because um, my membership had lapsed. But to listen to him talk about things like if you're in business, show up like nobody else. Mm -hmm. When he talked about how he got testimonials, which we do a terrible job of doing. So I've got a system and how he systematized right. it. And how he had a system in place to get testimonials for his business, which led to other things, which is on my list of things that we've got to do better on our business. Um, and to hear him talk about also some of the investment strategies that go outside the traditional 401ks and IRAs and all the stuff that they brainwash you into doing. And so I really enjoyed that. And I think that episode, if you guys didn't catch all of it, is absolutely worth going back and checking out. And then look, man, I'm not going to lie. Your homeboy Ryan was freaking hilarious. <laughs> he kind of had... He, if you guys didn't see this, he's Dominic's buddy. He looked to me like he had just come from deer hunting. Um, and he kind of had a deer in the headlights kind of look. And, and he was honest. He was like, man, I have no idea how I'm doing. And, and, and again, you know, as we, we've been training one of my new employees to move from one position of assisting and support to a position of authority and actually handling clients and, and working on the returns, I can't tell you how many times she's been like, I've got imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, we all did at one point until one day you wake up and you're actually good. Right. And you realize you know stuff. And, and you you can fight the Canadian CFA hordes, you know, like Neo in the Matrix with one hand behind your back while you're bored looking in the other direction because you know your stuff. Right. So, you know, half of this show is about breaking out and getting more business and particularly Dominic, your thing, which is helping people, you know, making their side thing, their main thing and getting out of that corporate rat race. And look, if you guys love it, awesome, more power to you. But a lot of people don't. And we also in season three are going to spend more time talking about that transition. But um, 
you will have definitely moments where you are like, what the hell do I do next? <laughs> and yeah. how did I get here? You know, almost like the record scratch moment on the old Ally McBeal things where you're like, you may be wondering how I got here. <laughs> um, if you guys don't know that, Ally McBeal was a great show in the 90s or the 2000s. It was like about a lawyer who got thrown into a thing and they would sing and dance randomly and they had a unisex bathroom and at the end of the day they'd all go they actually they never really got any real work done they all it was all about their personal lives but it was a clever cute show wasn't as good as moonlighting but it was it was a decent show at least the first few seasons but um yeah those were really some points that stuck out to me dominic what else did we talk about do we have any other guests in season two um that's a great question. I don't think so, actually. We think oh, those were our those were our main guests. I'd have to go back and look, but I think those were we had the three guests for this season, and we are planning on some new ones for uh, this coming season. So we're gonna take what are we taking two weeks off? I think two weeks off, and we'll be back yeah, with you two guys. Yeah, two weeks off. Uh, we're gonna do one. I'm gonna do one from Hawaii in October. I'll be all five thirty in the morning and yeah. probably half asleep. Yeah, I really think if you guys wanted to pick three episodes to go back and check out on the make more keep more show.com or no, it's not the it's just make more yeah, keep more make show.com. More show. yeah. And um, those are the those are the three that I would go check out. I think those were memorable, not that our rants and other things weren't. But I think that's what we really um, that those were just some really good points. And it's nice to hear someone else's opinion on all this stuff. But I appreciate so. like the just the honesty and the transparency. I think when you look at all three of those people, they commented about where they were going wrong and what was happening in their business. And like Dr. Dr. Jeff last week, you know, was talking a little bit about um, I remember how exactly he phrased it, but something to the effect of like he would give out a lot of quotes, like people would come in, he's a periodontist and he, people would come in to look at what they were, you know, they need some work done or, or whatever. And he'd give out a quote, he'd never hear from them again. And how do you, how do you transition that? And, and how many of us have that problem in our business or have had that problem in the business where you feel like, man, I keep, keep doing these calls and I keep putting out quotes and nobody's moving. Well, this is, might be that opportunity to, to talk through that, go back and listen to that episode. One of the things that sparked some conversation in my mastermind group was around the shock and awe packages that he talked about because yep. that's one area where you can really attract some attention and and get people to move and and uh you know we we were talking about your story of like whether it's a it's a deal when they first go to book a call and you send them out something that just separates you from the the rest of the group or they get stuck and you wrap up a basketball like you did one time and send it to somebody and say the ball's in your court you know there's there's all sorts of things that you can do to really that sometimes as business owners we don't think through we don't think about that we get so i don't know myopic if you will like we're just so focused in on the day-to-day -day that it's really hard to take a step back and go like well, what if i just did something here and then you start to think like shock and awe packages well i don't want to spend sixty dollars to send that out to a customer well they're going to pay you five grand if they say yes so why not pay the sixty dollars and if they don't, right. you can bury a lot of those into the one that finally does say yes. And your cost acquisition is still pretty low. So it's just is that's the stuff that we love to talk about on this show is trying to help you see the other aspects. And and Ron and I come from two different places on business and two different aspects of, of how we go about running businesses and things. But there are some principles there that our goal is with this show is to try to open your mind up to those ideas clear out some fog, if you will. And, and I'm sure you do like I do. I get, you know, messages from people that are like, oh, man, that was really helpful. That was really, you know, something that really kind of got me thinking about something I can do in your my business. And that's that's what this is kind of really all about. Yep, it really is. By the way, ETG Mo, thank you so much for the kind words. He's saying you guys are so motivating. Sweet. Appreciate that. That's really sweet. Uh, well, maybe not sweet's the word, <laughs> but but you guys knew what I meant, right? <laughs> anyway, um, you know, another interesting Danism that came out is whoever can spend the most to get a customer wins. So for you guys that are in business, let's switch away from, from you know, keeping it to making it for a moment. But whoever can go out and spend the most to get a new customer wins, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Well, like you said, Dominic, it's showing up in, or Dr. Jeff said also, it's showing up in different ways. So 
if you guys don't know that story, uh, in fact, you just reminded me, I'm going to do that today for a client who's just kind of like hemming and hawing on something that I know we're going to do, but she's just kind of taking her sweet time on it. Um, but there's a decent amount of revenue attached to that. So, and it's the right move for the client. Like the client needs to make this move. Um, they've got way too much risk right now. So she lives on the other side of the country and we'll slap a, I'll actually probably put it in a box, get it up to her. I will send her a full size basketball because I want to put some information with it. But back in the day, what Dominic was referring to when I had clients that were just kind of sitting on the fence about something, knew they needed to do it. And I would be like, you can take a basketball and write on it with a Sharpie and you used to be able to send it priority mail. So it was like five or six bucks to send this way. And uh, you have to remind the postmaster that you can do this. And I don't know if you still can, but I would literally take a Sharpie and be like, so-and-so, you know, Hey, I know we've been talking about making this move. We really should get this done. And I'd be like, wait for it. Wait for it. The ball is in your court. Quote. And they're like, ha, 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 ha. Seriously. Call me. And how many, the handful of times I did it, how many times do you think they called me? Every time. Every single time. How many times do you think we, we ended up moving forward? I think every time but once, something had changed in the situation, like, oh, hey, this just happened. I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Sure. But the point is, I mean, one guy used to, who did a lot of work in the corporate field, do you guys know what a dollar, dollar bill letter is? Have, any, have you ever heard of this, Dominic? I don't know if I've heard that one. All right. Gary Halbert, who was the absolute wild man of copywriting, he died eh, like 15, 17 years ago. He died owing a bunch of people money. Uh, he was an interesting, interesting dude. So he worked out West Side LA in the 80s and he was a copywriter and he was behind some of the most famous ad campaigns of the late 70s and early 80s. And I'm talking ad campaigns that mailed millions of pieces of mail each year. He did perfume launches for like, um, I think Coco Chanel, he did one of her launches. He did the coat of arms mailing, which was a big thing up until probably mid 2000s, where you get a letter like you can get your family coat of arms, all this stuff. But um, Gary Halbert invented something called the dollar bill letter. And what it was is a letter that went out with an actual dollar bill attached to it. Like a real live, not a fake dollar bill. He would send a dollar bill. And, and what he would say is, you perhaps you've wondered why I've attached this dollar, a dollar bill to the letter. And I mean, you could literally pry the dollar bill off the letter and go spend it. And he would say, well, I have three very good reasons. The first was to get your attention. The second is because you're throwing away millions of dollars because of X, Y, Z. And then he would go off the sales letter. But what it did is it got the letter open, sure. which is the number one trouble of getting a letter because you could kind of feel something's in there. Well, somebody took that concept and for executives put a $100 bill inside a FedEx envelope. Now, first of all, FedEx is great because nobody in the history of mankind has ever not opened a FedEx envelope. <laughs> to this day, FedEx envelopes still carry weight. And if you're trying to get a hold of someone, FedExing them is still a really good way to go because people will always, you know, a letter may get tossed, although probably not as much because nobody gets that many letters anymore. But if you're in business and you're trying to get someone's attention, again, how can you show up like no one else? So this guy knew his math. A corporate client for him was worth thousands of dollars so he could afford to have people get a $100 bill and not call him, you know, but guess how many called him that got a $100 bill in an envelope? Tons. Pretty much every single one. Did they all hire him? Absolutely not. But he at least got their attention and he knew his math and he knew he wasn't throwing money away. And again, by the way, if any of you guys need my attention and want to send me or Dominic a letter with a $100 bill attached to it, you know what? We will gladly sit down and chat with you. Well, think about uh, that for a minute, though. We, we've talked about this as a, like direct mail, live events, some of the what what is old, what is old is new again kind of scenario. Like there's a totally. lot of that going on. And you think about for those of us who are on LinkedIn, for instance, how many of those annoying messages do you get a day where somebody sends you a connection request, you click, uh, you know, accept, 
and 15 seconds later you have a dm i mean heck it's has oh on instagram God. too I, I don't know about twitter yeah. but i know on instagram i mean it's constant like hey do you want to grow your followers i mean i don't know how many of those messages a day i get right and so you how is that standing out from the crowd now email is the same way email is still an incredibly powerful tool though i've got to say i got an email it's funny so i get all these email i get all these instagram messages do you want to grow your instagram do you want to grow your instagram do you want to grow yeah. your instagram that's yeah, not yeah. stop right i got an email the other day that literally said the exact same thing however it was well written had some data and looked like they may have actually looked at my profile and paid some attention to it and i forwarded right it to on. my wife and said hey do we want to talk to these guys so I don't know if I'm going to not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I want to do with this whole situation right now, but, but you get what I'm saying. Like, that's that piece of it. But I think where you, when you get all of that type of stuff going on in LinkedIn and you yes, it's free technically, right? You just have a premium LinkedIn account. You can message the heck out of everybody, or you can spend a couple of bucks on something that's meaningful mail and you'll get somebody's attention. And it's not, again, it's not spammy type stuff. These things like the dollar bill or even a hundred dollar bill. And I think I would imagine that there's a lot of people on here who would hear that hundred dollar bill and be like, damn, I'm not, I'm not sending no hundred dollar bill to people. Think totally about it for it. a minute. Think about it for a minute. Like I know in the info, in the info marketing business, I haven't done ad buying for info marketing in, in some time, but I know it wasn't uncommon to spend anywhere from three to $800 per customer on info marketing type of stuff, if you're going to do just straight up Facebook advertising. So if you sit and look at those kind of numbers, you were already spending that. But some reason, I don't know, maybe it's because Facebook bills it to your credit card and you're not thinking about it, that you don't assume that you're paying that, but you're already paying that at some level. So a $100 bill plus $14 or whatever it is to send a FedEx envelope is still less than what you, and the, and the amount of people that are going to call you back. Now, I know some people may come at us with like, oh, I don't have their address. I don't have their phone number. Figure that stuff out. There's other ways to get those things. But the point being is don't and, be afraid and to by the way, customer. And by the way, hold on. We talk so much on this show about mindset. If that is immediately what your brain went to, right? you need to fix that first. If your brain immediately was, that's too much. Okay, it may be, but if that's immediately where your brain went to, well, I would never do that. Right. You know, and if your brain went to, well, I can't find their address and I can't do this, whoever that little bitch is in your head, you need to choke <laughs> that bitch right. out. And right. seriously, because that's the one thing about 75 hard when I did those 75 days, the one thing I love about Andy Frisella is he nailed it and he calls it your bitch voice. And my wife gets all upset. You shouldn't be doing that. You know, that's not very gentlemanly and christian say you know what like grow up people but seriously that's what he calls it and that's that whiny little voice in your head that tells you to sleep in when you know you need to work out it tells you to you know not make the call not ask the girl out or it instantly goes to well i don't have their address and i don't know and a hundred dollars is a lot of money again the math may not make sense for you great but figure out what you can do and and the minute you hear your voice go to i can't do that i don't have enough time like i said that you need to put that guy in a chokehold and ch give him the sleeper hold and put you know and, and then climb up on the high ropes and do the pile drive that that voice in your head needs to die absolutely that is that is the uh what's that voice? i'm ready to like knock my my phone stand over <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's the, it's the abundance uh, mindset versus, oh, the word just escaped me. What is it? Abundance versus uh, scarcity, scarcity mindset. That's that scarcity mindset coming through. And as a business owner, that'll kill you every day, and, all day. And like we said, it really is kind of a, your, the fact that your mind would go there first is the very first thing we need to get a hold of and wreck you know and like i said give put the chokehold on that and that's why so many of our past episodes if you guys are regular listeners how many freaking times have we talked about mindset right. because it really is your your thermostat of your life is what goes on up here of how much weight you have you, you know what you weigh and who you date and how you live your life and how much money you make is so much regulated in this society by what goes on between your ears. You know, we are not, 
medieval peasants in in England that have a feudal lord that demands, you know, no outside opportunity. And we're going to live and die within five miles of where we were born and never venture further than that. You know, this is the stuff that Gary Vee talks about when he says this is the greatest time ever. And look, Gary Vee, I can only take so much of him, but it's the one thing that he absolutely nails 100%. Right. No, for sure. It, so that mindset's everything. I think remember one of our very first episodes, actually, like season one. Actually, it was our first. We we shot that pilot in the office here, and then later on published it. But the first episode that we went live on Instagram, we actually talked about there's plenty of money out there, and I got messages or messages, and I'm sure you did too, where people were like, "Well, how do you figure?" In fact, I think even people asked that on the show live, like. How do you figure there's plenty of money? And I, I saw you guys have watched for a while. No, I'm a big watch fan. Ron is too. And so I watched that world. I'm on a couple of like dealer sites where, you know, you can buy as a dealer for watches and stuff. And it's amazing to me. Like you'll see a, you know, secondary market, Richard Mille come up for half a million dollars and it gets swooped up in 10 minutes. And you, you think about if somebody can spend a half million dollars on watches and you think you can't make your business work. Dude, I got I got to tell you, you're fishing in the wrong pond. Like it's mm-hmm. not a question of whether there's enough money. There's just not a money where you're looking because there's plenty of money out there. I mean, you're a pilot. What do people pay for a plane these days? I mean, even a relatively small pl- I'm not talking about a Cessna, but like, well, a Cessna Citation, but you know they're like it's I would assume to get into one of those pipers or whatever. I mean, you're you're six figures, I would assume. I mean, I don't know. You you tell me, but like people well, if you want if you want wings on it and an engine you're in mid six figures low to mid six figures for in anything right yeah. now i mean and then of course all the maintenance that goes along with it which is what really gets you but um and, and then those I, are people yachts and 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 the amount of people that i mean it's just it's the amount of yachts that are on back order right now super yachts mega yachts like i know you've two, talked about a thousand of them on back order right now and you're telling me there's not enough money out there to support your business there is you just got to look at it correctly and if your money and i love that you went on that rant because if uh, it, uh alessandra texted anytime me, my uh, pleasure alessandra texted <laughs> alessandra texted me and said the sam is coming out of ron right now <laughs> and, and it was it was this that good rant of like look Sam, you, sam's you, words start with f mine mine started with b yes not a, it's not as bad and I, did sam drop a c in there well, i don't even know I I, it was did. it was it was quite a bit uh but you know like look the, the reality is 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 you there it is out there there is money but if your mindset runs immediately to i can't close sales or i can't get this or i can whatever negative thought enters your head when we talk about something then fix that because it's not the thing you think not this it's not the thing you're pointing to it's the the thing that happened here that said i can't and by the way let me give you two ways to fix it you fix it number one by what you read Mm-hmm. So that's why you got to load your brain up. And, and Christy, you're totally right. Citation is better than a Piper Cherokee. Although there's a sick arrow that I fly in my club. It's got retractable gear and like, you know, space shuttle level avionics. The only thing is the sucker's really heavy. So when you land, you're like, boom, um, it is not graceful at all. But, um, but there's two ways you fix this, by the way. One is by reading and reading and listening to successful, reading the biographies of successful people and reading business books and getting your mind wrapped around that. But the second thing is by the physical environment that you put yourself in. So, you know what, I listened to, ah, what's his name? He was a guard, I think the Pistons, but he's a tiny little dude, Walter Bond. Mm -hmm. So not a big guy at all. And he talked about, I mean, he had an amazing career and they brought him to some event I went at. And, um, you know, it was kind of standard motivational stuff. But what he nailed was, hey, man, you need to go to an event once a year where you, uh, a charity event where you put a tuxedo on and your lady puts on a nice dress and gets dolled up so you can go see like a celebrity auction and you go where they're auctioning off items and stuff like that where you get to see what they're doing. I will tell you one quick story because I know we're at the top of the hour. When I first moved down to La Costa, at the time, Joe Walsh's kid was going to the elementary school 
that my kid was going to. So they were, um, they were turning around and remember guys, I can't speak for Dominic, but I grew up lower middle class, like, like low, low Same. middle class. And so they were going to have a signed Eagles guitar. Joe Walsh was the guitarist for the Eagles and he had a solo career. He did like life in the fast lane and stuff like that. Some, some really big rock anthem hits and stuff. And so my aunts were there and we were there and I'm like, all right, check it out guys. Aunt Franny was going to go in for a thousand bucks. Aunt Terry was going to go in for a thousand bucks. My parents were going to go in for a thousand bucks and we were going to go in for a thousand bucks. I'm like 4,000, the guitar's ours. And we'll, you know, you get it in summer, you get it in spring, we'll take it in fall and you can have it in winter and we'll just rotate the guitar around. Back in 2000, in the middle of the market, the dot-com meltdown. Yeah, does that math that up? Yeah, that's about right. Uh, 2001, right in there. That guitar went for $12,000. The opening bid was like $7,000. We were out before the whole thing even started. And later at that same auction, they had the the, um, principal who later went on to be a client of mine. She would come over to your house and cook you dinner for $12,000. And I confirmed because I asked her when she later came into my office and, and we did some financial work for her. I'm like, did you like dance naked or something for $12,000? It's like, no, I just went over and I didn't even really cook for him. I just had, it, had food brought over. There was so much money. My mind was blown. I'm like, oh my God, what happened here? Yep. People were throwing money around. So going and working for a day from the lobby of a Ritz-Carlton or a Montage or a Park Hyatt or something, going to an event where there is going to be going to a horse event or a a classic car event, seeing what happens there, that will open your mind. Like, man, there's a whole big, it's like Luke Skywalker getting off the whatever, you know, hellhole he was in the original good Star Wars and going to see like, man, the world's a big place. It's not this little desert thing. That will also help you get your mind right. For All sure. Right, man. Let, we're, we're let me just, you can't just cut it off before I say. Uh, so the, uh, the. I'm going to let you, man. I'm going <laughs> to let you do your thing. Uh, Walter Baum was 6'5", so I'm not really sure what, like, why he was a little guy, but that's okay. Um, the, uh, I, I'm going to a charity event tomorrow night for exactly that reason. And it's hosted at, you know, somebody, you know, I won't mention who at the moment, but it's hosted in an event place where, you know, the guy (laughs) buries money into a nonprofit as a creative tax accounting scenario. And you know, you want to get, we'll get into that one of these days. You want to go and hang out with those people. And, and the thing, the the key to that is, is and I love that going to the Hyatt, going to the, like a park high, go to, you know, the Ritz Carlton, go to an event, get dressed Just up sit in the lobby. Yeah. And, 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 and watch, work. but it's amazing. Cause I went to, I've gone to like a city of hope has their, or no St. Jude's, I think it is, has their, um, you know, annual event. We've gone to that. It's formal and you watch what and we, we bid on a few things. Um, but you see what people bid on and what they'll put money on. And it's, you know, a week long yachting vacation and it'll go for, you know, three, four times what it should go for because, it's a tax write-off for them. Those are the people that you want to be around. Now, you also have to be careful. Like, be a human being. Don't pitch anything at those things. Don't pitch anything for months at those things, but build relationships with those people. Talk to them. Who are you sitting next to? Well, it turns like that one of those events, it was a boxing event, and it was a charity thing. And we're, I ended up sitting next to the attorney uh, for this. If I said the name of the company, you'd be like, oh, my gosh, yeah, them. And he was their attorney for years and I got to know him. And now we're actually years later, I'm going to see him again this Saturday. And we're actually next week, potentially going in on an investment deal together, but that's taken nice. years to develop that relationship. Nice. So it, those be, be where those people are, but be patient. Like there's no, you're, that's the hard part. Like when you need money today, but it will pay off in the long term if you can just develop relationships. And those are, those are great examples of places to be, to do that. Let me give you one more. So you guys know I fly airplanes. Um, I'll be down there this afternoon and uh, working on some sim work to get my next license, which I've almost got. Um, But here's another place to go. If you have a local airport by you and you live anywhere near a, a like touristy destination or anything where people might come in, go to what they call the FBO, fixed base off operator. And go sit in their lounge 
on a Friday afternoon and watch who comes in. Cause you will see like, so again, I live in Carlsbad, so nice area, but Dominic could do this over at Torrance or Hawthorne. And you sit there and watch who comes rolling up on a Friday afternoon and you can track the planes and you see all this money coming in where these private jets are coming in, limos are meeting them and ordinary people with tons of money you know, are getting off and going. And that's how they live. They travel private. So again, that I don't, I'm not, we're not saying that's going to make you happy. We're not saying that's what you should aspire to. What we're saying is if you struggle with getting your mind right and you come from a scarcity mindset, like a lot of us did, then you, this will help. These things will help open your mind. Like, damn, it's a big world out there. And there is a lot of money rolling around out there. And as Ron Legrand famously said, he's a real estate investment guy. The more dollars your wall are in, the more that are eventually going to stick to you. <laughs> so there you go. Dominic, you got any final words? Nope. for? Uh, now you it. got me on a watch site seeing uh, if we need to add anything to the collection here. It's been uh, a while. Well, I'm on this new dealer site, so I'll keep you in mind if there's anything. If oh, you let me know about, what your... Uh, do I need a secret? Do I need a secret password for the dealer site? Yeah. Ooh. All right. Thing. Well, uh, but uh, if you it, let me know what you're looking for, then I will. Uh, I'm not really. I will make it. Well, there is there is one, there is one Zenith I'm looking for. Oh, I'll send right. you a picture of it. But I don't. It's available, but I don't want to pay what they're asking for it. So I'll give you a price and a thing. Okay. All right, guys. For Dominic Cummins of Real Biz Advisors and myself, Ron Brothers of Ron O Carruthers. Don't be. Don't get sucked in by the the imposters. Oh, I got those now too. Um, yeah, man, you made it. You officially joined the big time, Bubba. <laughs> anyway, we hope you guys enjoyed season two of the Make More, Keep More show um, as much as we did doing it. Clearly, uh, we hate every minute of being here. It sucks for us. <laughs> and um, we, we can only wish we were doing something else. But um, we'll be back in two weeks for season three. We will have more guests. Thank you, Christy. Appreciate it. And um, we will see you guys then. In the meantime, we know you guys are going to miss us. So we're counting on you next Friday and the Friday after at 8 a.m. while we are both nursing brutal hangovers because we're both over 40. Um, <laughs> and sadly, it doesn't take that much to get there. You guys can go to makemorekeepmoreshow.com and download an episode and listen to it and pretend you're having your morning coffee or whatever you're doing at this time, and we're right there with you. All right, guys, take care. We will see you then. Thank you.